Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Woo! Oh, my goodness. We clap. That was, Yay, it makes Brad. me feel better. That was, do you, do you, we co-host. get like some excitement. And, yeah. Do you know what we have today? What do we have? An actual in-house guest. Are you serious? No. Yes, no I, am. I am. Is that what's it's in front of me forever. right now? It's been forever. <laughs> it we usually have. Does. Yeah, we haven't had somebody in the audience for or in the, uh, in the audience. audience. We don't have that <laughs> either because there is <laughs> in the room with us <laughs> yeah. to record in such a long time. Do you want to introduce her? I don't know. Everybody's just eager to find out now. All right. You do want it. to? Do it. No, Jess do it. Coffee is Woo! with us today. I don't get a drum roll. Dr- oh. oh. Jess Coffee. Coffee. There you go. Thanks, Brad. No problem. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So I am Jess Coffee. I am the director of HR here at Lexicon. Um, I've been in the HR realm for 12 or more years. Mm, Wow. yeah, I'm old. No. Um, in a lot of areas from compliance to recruiting to strategy. Wow. So just kind it's of all across the board. It's a hot topic nowadays for it sure. Is. And that's why we had her on because literally regardless literally. of literally, literally. Uh, regardless of the industry, recruiting is like the hot button out there right yes, now. Yes, everybody. Yeah. And so I can't tell you how many firms we've talked to that are just struggling even, you know, like I said, regardless of industry, no one can find talent. Um, people for the past year were getting two years, I guess, paid more on, on the COVID benefits and they were at work. So why right. bother going into work? And I just, I don't think we fully recovered. So what are your thoughts just in general on the past two years? Like what the heck has happened in the recruiting world and why are we still struggling to find talent regardless of industry? Regardless. regardless. I wish I had an answer to that. <laughs> um, but in all fairness, it is an unprecedented market for sure. Um, it is something Something that we've never seen before. The talent pool is very small. Competitions beyond high. Um, people are staying where they're at or jumping ship for sometimes double the salary. So when oh, wow. it comes to those pieces, the market is um, beyond intense and something that is needing to be pivoted quickly as far as those approaches and, and really figuring out what works for each industry. Do you think it's just salary or do you think it's also benefits, uh, working from home? home, I think it's all of it, right? I think um, salary plays a role in it. I think um, folks got comfy in their yoga pants and so (laughs) it's hard. I know. My real pants don't fit anymore. (laughs) It's hard to come back and um, be in an office when you were at home for a couple of years. So I think it it goes to the benefits. I think it goes to that work-life balance. And most importantly, I think it always comes down to culture. Mm Mm-hmm. Culture is so important. Oh, God, That is always a topic for us here. Yeah, so you mentioned that a lot of people are jumping ship because they're seeing double salaries out there or these amazing benefits. So what are some of those benefits that you could actually put into play at your own firm to keep people from jumping ship, knowing that there's so many golden eggs out there just attracting them? I think really it depends on what's important to that culture, right? Every culture is a little bit different, and I think it's important to get to know what's important to your staff. What do they value? Um, 
and what's impacting their day to day. If you um, do an analysis and you have um, a high medical use or a high mental health use, putting in place employee assistance programs and resources, um, whether it's um, really negotiating those medical costs and what that looks like and impacting employees there. Um, We've seen a lot of people go to mental health days. Mm -hmm. So benefits for me are really across the board, not necessarily just your traditional medical dental vision, um, but just really that overall employment experience. Um, Are we ordering virtual lunches for folks when we do meetings? Um, You know, what does that overall benefit package look like? But that employee assistance program um, is something that is coming in hot and heavy for sure. I just realized I forgot to order my lunch. No oh, no. <laughs> and that's lunch, what you take away from that. And today's <laughs> takeaway is order your lunch before your two-hour meeting. So, <laughs> crap. Okay. Well, Brad, I want to jump ahead, around Brad. a little bit. You had mentioned uh, negotiating or, you know, that entire package. Mm-hmm. So what do I do if I'm looking for somebody and, you know, they're coming in and they're asking for double the salary? All How do I negotiate with them? Because, of course, money doesn't grow on trees. I, yeah. I don't just have a ton of it. So Absolutely. What do I do? You use your recruiters who um, are fabulous at negotiations and really um, getting through that wine and dine stage of a candidate as they come through it. It is their expertise to get to know what's important to that candidate. A lot of times they'll toss out money, but it's really deep diving, looking at benefits. What does that total comp look like? Um, Oh, so could someplace else pay you a little bit more, but do we allow you to work from home? And is that a vital thing Mm -hmm. for you? So really just getting to know that candidate and allowing those recruiters to do those negotiations and find that balance between the salary and that benefit package, I think is super important. Yeah. And I mean, some firms don't have recruiters. I think a lot of the firms we work with right now are are on the smaller side. Um, And they've always struggled with recruiting because they're doing everything themselves as it is. And now we throw in this weirdness of post-COVID recruiting where recruiting gets even more difficult because you have people asking for such what two years ago were pretty crazy benefits, but they're pretty normal now. So whether you don't have recruiters on staff or it's just you run in the ship, that's kind of where we come in. So explain to, and this is not like a sales pitch, but I do want you to explain what exactly we offer from a recruiting standpoint. Because like I said, there's people out there that don't have those resources internally. So there are sources that can help. Yeah, absolutely. So we offer that full package recruiting. So anything from that culture analysis to that um, job development kind of piece of it, developing those job descriptions through the screening process, right? All of that stuff takes so much time to sort through applications, resumes, to call people, to figure out what is important to them, what's driving them. Um, that market analysis of what do the local comps look like? Every every market's a little bit different. Um, and down to the actual interviewing, down to those negotiations. No one wants to negotiate with someone um, and go through those ups and downs and then work right alongside with them. Sometimes it gets folks started off on the wrong foot. Um, Our recruiters' jobs um, in any role is to sugarcoat that, right? (laughs) To say, hey, we got it done. Package, signed, sealed, delivered. Here you go. Here's your candidate. We got you what you wanted. Um, But we offer that full analysis, and and that's any recruiter's role is to really get in there and um, allow people to do what they do well and get our job is to get the staff on board that they need. Yeah. 
I think an important thing to remember is that the employee life cycle starts at that very first call. Even oh, yeah. before they're an employee, you have to, like you said, That's I think it's, it's so important to for that recruiter or the individual doing it to be able to listen to them, to understand what's important to them so that you can build up that aspects of the package that you're offering. Yeah. So it's, it's so critical. Yep. Yeah. It starts from that first contact, whether it's a call, an email, reach out, um, and then that relationship's built from there. Um, and all of my recruiting experience, um, you know, in that first year of employment, staff are far more likely to come back to the recruiter if they have a question than they are oh, yeah. to even go to their manager or HR in general, just because they built that rapport. They knew that person came to the rescue on Friday evening or Saturday morning when they had a weird question, they just wanted to get answered. You know, switching jobs, that's scary. Yeah, Um, You're leaving a comfort level to go to something new. So it is for sure um, the recruiter's job to build that rapport, make it an easy transition and build that relationship quick and fast. Yeah, I agree. It's funny you say that because when I started working here, it's been about two years, um, Lexicon was definitely something I had never considered. I had never worked in the legal space, in the software space, nothing like that. Um, And I had always worked at like really large established companies. And so I was coming from a place that I absolutely hated. Like I could not get out soon enough. And I remember when I had my phone interview with Lexicon, the recruiter that I worked with was just so like optimistic and, and happy and very compelling. And it's like, oh my God, I want to be your friend. Like this was a great first experience to have someone that was just so like chipper, you know? It was me, and wasn't I, it? It was. It it was, was no, it wasn't me. <laughs> and it's funny you said that because yeah, during my first year, I would always go to her when I had questions because we could, like we had built that rapport. And so when you said that, it's totally true. And I obviously didn't want to make the same mistake as I had with the previous job because I was so miserable wanting to get out. And so um, I wanted to have that good experience. Absolutely. And she put on a, a great face for the the company it was it was perfect so yeah. and now i'm here hosting podcasts in your brand new car that know, they gave you i know my million brand dollar new, salary i know it's just it's absurd <laughs> like i don't even know what to do with the money there's I know, so, so much, much of it coming i can't in. even go through it <laughs> <laughs> and then my assistant doesn't even order my lunch today I you know, know I'm it's just fire i'm sorry fire him um no but so jess uh going back to before this podcast actually started we were having a conversation in the room and you mentioned an employment brand mm-hmm. what is an employment brand Employment brands are really branding your culture, right? Being that employer of choice, um, setting the standard in the industry or the field um, to say, why do you want to come here? Um, What does this firm mean? What does our culture say? Um, But really packaging it up so that it is presentable to candidates as they come in the door to say, you know, we're your employer of choice and this is why. A lot of that comes from feedback from employees. Um, A lot of that comes from culture building. Um, But it is really branding that out there so that folks know what you stand for, um, why employees are important, and having that employee-first focus and what that means in that company. Um, It really just, it brings people all in on the same page. Um, It gives that vision. It knows, um, you know, your employees are your biggest ambassador as they're out talking, recruiting people themselves. Referrals are, are amazing. Um, and so all of that stems from having a strong employment brand. Yeah. Um, how hard is it to create that brand? Like, how do you even go about that? I know you mentioned it comes down to like how you treat your employees, how they, re- you know, but like, how do you even start? So how do you build an employment brand? You start with a lot of times surveying your staff. 
you start with um, seeing what's important, taking those exit interviews, taking onboarding surveys, what went well, asking your staff what's important. What do they love about where they work? Why do they come to work every day? Um, And really taking those words um, and building your mission around them, building your purpose around them, and then rolling it out in a strategic fashion to say that, you know, every time we do this engagement activity, this is why, this is what we're doing. But it's under a constant evaluation to say, could we do it better? Mm -hmm. Is this still real, right? Culture shifts, COVID happens, life happens, businesses change. That's going to be on a t-shirt, by the way. COVID COVID happens. happens. Yeah. Hashtag (laughs) patent pending. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it it is really just getting it out there and... um, building it from the staff, seeing yeah. seeing what's important to them and, and why they stay, why they stay and who they bring on board speaks volumes to a culture. Yeah. So you mentioned exit interviews. I always have questions about that. How much Are you weight? exiting? No, okay. I just, I, it's something that's come up in articles that we've looked at, things like that. How much weight do you put in an exit interview? A lot. A lot. A lot. I always wondered that. You're like, you wonder if they just file them away and it is those what it HR is. people. Yeah, those you never those HR, HR people. people. Those yeah. HR In the back people. Corner. <laughs> um, no, exit interviews are super important. It allows folks who you wish would have spoken up at the time um, a voice that they now feel like they can be super candid about. And it's an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, those exit interviews, you know, you're going to have an employee who leaves who was satisfied and just maybe relocated or there's not mm-hmm. a, a purposeful reason um, that we could have improved proved on that exits, they're going to maybe tell five people what a great place their previous employer was. But man, if you have someone who feels unheard and exited poorly, that's going to go to 50 people, right? Right. So um, I think that exit is just as important, if not maybe a little bit more important than the onboarding, but that feedback's super vital. How do we grow? How do we change? How do we give those managers that feedback? Um, that's a growing opportunity for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the cycle starts from that very first call to the very last. Absolutely. Um, when, you know, you'd mentioned surveying the employees and understanding and asking the question, why are you here? Why do you like working here? Mm-hmm. Once you collect that information back, do you do you then translate that into your brand and culture and emphasize it? Or do you... You know, how, what is your next step, I guess, after that survey? Yeah, we don't tuck it away in the HR files yeah. for sure. We want to get it out there. We want people to feel that their opinions were heard and valued, right? Um, I always say we asked, you answered, and here's our plan um, so that we can say here's the feedback we got. Here's what we're doing with it. Here's the action items that came out of it. And then it's important to have those surveys over and over um, a little differently, right? Different targets. But it's important to be as transparent as you can because that's what's going to build that morale to say, man, my opinion really mattered. Or yeah, I tossed it out there. My idea wasn't taken this time, but look, my coworkers was, and that's super exciting. Um, So building that strategy backwards off of there, putting together, you know, it's not a fast and furious. It's it's truly an 18 to 24 month plan, especially if you're starting at ground zero um, to put it out there to create activities around it to create those functions around those surveys, those questions, those activities, make sure there's actionable items. You know, and I think it'll surprise you. We had a guest on about, I guess, two or three podcasts ago that, you know, the reason their employees stay is because of the flexible hours Mm -hmm. and not salary. Yeah. They really wanted that flexible because they were a new, uh, they just had a baby and they wanted both male and female wanted to be able to be with the family more. And she didn't allow 
uh, overtime work unless, of course, there was some kind of emergency. And that value was so much greater than going into the city and getting a higher paid job. They were also closer to home. And so those benefits are kind of what she structured her law firm after. And so I think it might surprise you what the employees will say. Uh, It could be anything. It, It it doesn't have to be salary. It could be the benefits package. It could be the flexibility. It could be their boss. It could yeah, be so many different things. Yeah, but people leave their yeah. boss. They don't leave their job usually. Right. Uh, 100%, yeah. But in to kind yeah, of... Yeah, Lauren, my boss. <laughs> to oh, kind, sorry. Brad, Did I say that on the actual podcast? Oh. You enjoy this You show, just right? rub in all the time that I'm co. You know, it kind of hurts She's my dumb. feelings. I also it's rub okay. in yeah. all the time that you're short, but... <sighs> Do you see this? I do. HR. I know. I would like like to file a complaint. It goes in that back filing cabinet. (laughs) (laughs) The one they don't look at that you said they do look at, Brad? That's where it goes. Vertically challenged is what I I prefer. Yeah. So to kind of piggyback off on what you're saying, Brad, as far as figuring out what's motivating the staff, um, you know, you'll have jobs where their job is what's motivating. Having that um, millennials, right? They want to be part of the bigger picture. They want to understand what that is and they want to know how their job fits into that. For them, mm-hmm. that's motivating and engaging. Um, it might not be the benefit package because they still might be on their mom and dad's. So mm-hmm. it's finding those motivational factors and and bringing those all together for all different age groups of workers and moving that forward in your culture. Um, you know, somewhere I was at before, their staff were motivated by the work that they did. They supported people and and they were wholeheartedly motivated by seeing their impact and knowing what that what difference that made in the community and and so I think it's different in every every culture, every every yeah. employer. That's a good point. That's nice. You you rarely find I feel people who are actually that excited about what they do these days, you know, cuz so mm-hmm. many people are like great benefits, great money. Yep. Um and the idea of actually finding a place that you truly love is pretty cool, but you yeah. don't you don't hear it a lot anymore. Yeah. That's true, but I did uh, read an article. I guess it was a couple days ago that there is a trend for people, even long-time careers, to just stop and become a painter or do something that they just love and yeah. and be okay with the pay cut and just reduce just their happy. life yeah. Yeah, with it. Huh. And uh, there's a big move towards that. There was this same article also said there's a big move towards um, – uh, more men staying at home mm. and more women That's entering stream. the yeah. workplace. <laughs> um, it's, it's just kind of, it's such an interesting time with yeah. all of the transitions. Of course, you know, I think, you know, you, sh- you have to support people chasing their yeah. dreams, whatever 100%. it is. Absolutely. What is your, like, if you could quit today and do the one thing that you absolutely love, oh, Brad, my what goodness. would you do? You that, too, Jess. Oh my I goodness. I know my answer. All right, you go first. She's ready then. to go. I'm ready. She's ready. <laughs> I would flip homes and be, my mm. husband could flip them and I would be the interior designer. I would love oh, that. There's yeah. shows Dream. on that. You I know. Could, you guys could we be are the next HGTV. We are the next Chip and Joanna. Oh. Wait, what's that his name? Chip. Jimmy. <laughs> no, not. <laughs> Jimmy and Jack. Like it works. Jimmy J and Jess. Jess and Jimmy. J and J flipping. J no, and JJ J construction. No, JJ. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's like Johnson and Johnson. Johnson. You have to be careful. Yeah, that's true. We can't say that. No. Scratch that. I like it. I like, I like it. That too. it. I feel like it's going to happen because they have the J and J. It's yeah. just meant to be. Yeah. So I don't this. know. Um, in kindergarten, I'm going way back now. Oh, I was asked be a this, this question. <laughs> and no, well, close. Oh. But I was, I was asked to start in fires. kindergarten. 
and you had to draw a picture of your your job. And mine was the man on the back of the garbage truck. No, because they make I thought a lot of money. I was I thought, just gonna say that. They I thought, do. how fun would it be to hang on the back of a a truck until you get hit. work outside? You just stop every you now and then, pick up garbage and throw it in a truck. Right? It sounds kind of fun. So that was my dream for a long, long time. I know great aspirations for myself. What other advice would you give somebody that's just lost in the whole HR realm, but they have to hire? Where where it's like the fundamental thing that just one piece of advice you'd give them. Takeaway tips. Putting the right people on the right seats on the bus. Um, Really knowing what your workforce needs, who you have, um, and what you need to move forward. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to look internally and, and figure out what that looks like for you. Um, and, but I think that is the most important thing. Um, again, people are going to leave their supervisor. They're not going to leave their job. Um, and they're also going to leave if they don't feel like their work's purposeful. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Or appreciated. Yeah. Making sure that you have the right people in the right seats on the bus is super important. So knowing what you're heading out looking for, um, knowing what characteristics, what job functions you need um, is that first stepping block so that you're not just out there trying to swim through a, a pool full of unqualified folks. One more question. Just oh, curious. We were about to I wrap know, it up, I know, Brad. but I have, I just, Jess okay, has such okay. insightful wisdom that she I does. want to pull from her out into the audience, yeah. right? So would you think that the people entering the workforce now, are they more in tune with this is my job, don't don't let me deviate from it. My scope is very narrow. Or do you think people just in general, more like an open scope for their job, like doing multiple different roles? Which do you feel is more common now with the younger generation entering the workforce? My personal opinion, mm-hmm. I have no facts behind this. My <laughs> personal opinion is all of this is no. they really, truly are trying to be the jack of all trades. I think they're trying to get out there, get their hands in everything, see what clicks. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, when I was a kid, you had jobs, right? When you were growing up. So you got to try different things, see what you liked. That's not as common anymore. So those first jobs, a lot of times are folks first couple experiences in the workforce. And so they kind of take it as they want to take it all on. They want to learn. They want to see what's out there. They want to dabble in all kinds of things. And see what clicks with them. And see what drives them. And so I think um, it's a shift because Mm -hmm. there used to be just you came in, you 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 did did accounts payable, you start, you finish, and you're done. Right. Um, I think it's a a much more um, gray area when it comes to those duties. People want to jump into a variety of things and try stuff out. And I I think so too, but I think it's a positive shift, frankly, Mm -hmm. because, you know, good ideas can come from anybody. Yep. And, you know, having somebody that may not have had the experience or knowledge, really giving a try and giving suggestions, I think it's just positive. It allows you to take in newer thoughts. I, I just, I think it's a positive shift, frankly. And you're not stuck. You're not stuck in a day in, day out, same old, same old. Yeah, I think that comes with structure behind it, I think, Mm -hmm. and guidance to know um, when it's appropriate, where to jump. Um, You're saying I can't be a garbage man right now? You can. You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You guys are amazing. Will you You do my route, though? I would. Like our neighborhood? Yeah. You wouldn't want mine. We get rid of a lot of construction (laughs) stuff. (laughs) 
But it happens when you're flipping homes. It does. It does. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think um, there has to be some structure behind it. There's got to be some understanding and and how that drives your culture and that open door policy, um, so that doesn't have the reverse effect. Because mm-hmm. other t- other times people would feel unvalued if they are constantly tossing their opinion out and it's not getting heard. Um, so I think it's important to have that structure behind. Structure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That. Yeah. Well, today was good, I think. Even that extra question, Brad. I, know, I think it was I had worth to, it. I had to sneak it in. It was worth it. Yeah. Even though you're cutting into my lunchtime. I'm sorry. Know? I'll it's order like... that right away, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Such so. a good soldier. Right. Oh, soldier. I like it. <laughs> All right, Jess, thank you for being on. Thanks today for was me. awesome. Um, I think we got some really good, insightful HR tips. What we do you did. Think, Brad? Yeah? I did. I think so. I think our audience is more prepared now for tomorrow. All right. More prepared for tomorrow. That's our new slogan. That's new t-shirt. Yes. COVID happens. More prepared for For tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That could be the back of the COVID happens shirt. All right, guys. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the Lex Factor on all the platforms with your friends and family. Every like helps. Every like helps. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.